0: Welcome to STAR, Society of Tarot and Astrology Readers podcast. I'm Nao. And I'm Joali. And today we are going to be talking about the tips and tricks that will set you up to be a bomb-ass tarot reader. Whether you are focusing on the basics, building up your confidence, or working on the barriers in your mind, we have got some strategies for you. I think between the two of us, we have almost 30 years of tarot reading experience, which is a whole-ass lifetime when a Saturn return finally comes for you. <laughs> yes. And I think probably between the two of us, I'd say about 10 of that is based in, on the professional level, on actually doing it as a job, as a profession. So we've experienced a lot of different things, a lot of different strategies, a lot of different ways to approach learning tarot, haven't we?
1: We have, um, I learned it formally in a classroom setting and I know you did not learn it that way. Um, there are benefits to, re- regardless of how you've learned tarot, there are ways to be a better tarot reader. And that's what we're going to get into in this episode is what we have found, um, really creates somebody with a good relationship with a tarot deck. And you're going to hear me use the word relationship quite a bit in this podcast because connecting with this deck uh, is definitely a relationship. It's definitely a connection to yourself, to an inner part of yourself. And it does require a level of trust in yourself to speak your voice. So the better versed you are in understanding that uh, the better reader you can actually be, um, and the more confidently you can deliver these messages, and that's what we're going to go over today. So in the very first episode um, of this podcast, we talked about archetypes, and archetypes is at the center of our discussion of tarot as well as astrology, but for tarot especially. And um, we are going to talk about tarot is the visual aid for the relationship with archetypes and how to explore that. Now, if you need a refresher on the definition, Archetypes are universal, inborn models of people, behaviors, or personalities that play a role in influencing human behavior. This is a Jungian concept, and he suggested that these archetypes were archaic forms of innate human knowledge passed down from ancestors. So when I say that tarot is our relationship with the archetypes, what I am talking about is each image and the details in the imagery on the cards evoke a specific archetype or even multiple. I always love to use the empress as an example because it's a very straightforward communication of the mother archetype, of the pregnant woman, of motherhood. Um, I know people depict it in different ways. I have thoughts on that, but a pregnant woman is very much the... Empress energy, and our relationship with that. So I remember when I first started tarot school, I was not a mother. I had, you know, it was a different time, and we had a different relationship with our femininity. We grew up, um, I will just openly say, me and Nao grew up in a very pick-me generation where the culture... <laughs> yeah lended itself to internalized misogyny the fuck and you wanted to like not be like other girls so i remember initially just like thinking the empress was a chump and like okay who cares she's only an empress because the emperor like i'm not trying to high priestess all day you know what i mean and just that was my own personal relationship with motherhood i wasn't a mother yet I had a precarious relationship with my own mother. So what that evoked for me was different. And now I am a mother, and now I understand the stress of the card and the overwhelm nature. Because being pregnant is, yes, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. You're the first person to ever be pregnant. You're Beyonce. But it's you're also uncomfortable. You're also really, really overwhelmed with this responsibility to create. Now, why does this matter? This matters because when these cards are laid out in front of you and you have the surrender of and Neptunian energy of the hangman and the empress, and you have to really think about what is your relationship with surrender and what is your relationship with motherhood? Is it difficult for you to do that or is it easy? Do you like performing that or not? Is there a level of performance in both of these cards and really exploring your relationship with that to see what that is communicating to you specifically and why? And that matters because you're the one doing the tarot reading. OK, yes. What that means for you matters because you're the one doing the tarot reading. So if somebody is mom of the year. Mom has the best mom, is the best mom. Life dedicated to motherhood, loves to be pregnant all day, every day. And then we have somebody else with a much different relationship um, with motherhood. Yeah, Maybe relate. they were adopted or or. um Don't have a good relationship with their mom or don't want to have kids, the Empress evokes a different, a different situation for each of those individuals. Um, And then after that, after you navigate through your own personal lens, uh, when it comes to the archetypes, then there's the universal concepts that we all know what a mother is. We all know um, what creation is. And there's definitely a creative archetypal energy in the Empress. And this approach of understanding how to explore your relationship with the archetypes, that is just of utmost importance. Um, as um And one of the most important elements, besides probably, I would say, card of the day, which is where you, you know, right. where most people start, you know, with or, their relationship with tarot.
0: Right. Or at least we recommend, we highly yes. recommend here at Society of Tarot Astrology Readers that you, Start with a card of the day practice, specifically because it's an extremely accessible ritual that you can do on the daily or if you happen to remember it, though, I would challenge everybody when you start a card of the day ritual for the very first time to do it for a week. And see if you can persist after that, that would be ideal. But if not, that is also okay too. Um, And the reason why we recommend card of the day is because it's a great way to build on that familiarity and to build up relationship with your cards because Each day you can sit down, you can take a moment to connect with your deck, to pull a card. And even if you're at the level in which you still need to grab your, you know, your resource materials, the little booklet that came with the deck or the larger tome that you bought somewhere else, um, to open up the book, to refresh your memory on what this card means, and then to take a moment to sit and think, okay, is this card about me and where I am at today? which it can be sometimes, or is it something that even if say you draw that card and you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't quite, I don't know. I just had breakfast. I don't quite know if today is going to be a five of cups day. I feel fucking fine right now. Um, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Or you might even say, God, I don't even want to feel that energy today. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to experience that over the course of the day. It could be something that you see reflected either externally in an outside event, or it could be internally. So it might be, okay, if I'm, if I have the five of cups, let me just think about how I relate and respond to the concept of grief. And when was the last time I experienced it? Or was there a recent experience with grief that I was either a participant of, or that I witnessed? And how do I feel about that now in the present moment? But like I said, too, it can also be applied to what you observe. So for example, one day I did my card of the day poll, and it was the tower. And I was like, I, I think the fuck not. was like the initial response. It's like, I don't want to fucking have a tower day. I simply just don't. Who does? Who's going to be like, oh, this is is lovely. I'm going to have a tower experience today. Great. Um, But again, you can hold it in your mind too. That, okay, hopefully that's not going to be my card of the day necessarily, but Perhaps it's something that I witnessed. So as I was going to pick up my littlest child from preschool, I'm driving along the road and all of a sudden I see like a notebook on the road. I'm like, that's odd. And I see a bunch of papers as I keep driving and then there's more notebooks and then there's CD cases spilled all over, like just notebooks and papers and CD cases just all over the road. And I'm like, what the, what the heck happened here? Huh? I don't know. And as I keep driving, down the road, I eventually see a truck pulled off to the side with a trailer, and obviously these people are moving, and there was a dresser, like piece of furniture, that was tipped over just enough that a drawer had opened and the contents had spilled out. And it was one of those tall dressers, too, like a tower, and there, all that stuff was just thrown across the highway, and I was like, oh, there's the tower, there's my card of the day that tall dresser had lost its contents that it, everything had spilled. I'm sure these are notebooks that obviously somebody kept and cherished and loved. And they were CDs from the fuck who's, I mean, I guess maybe CDs in certain hipster circles are making a revival just because that's what hipsters be doing is just trying to cash in on whatever was just recently not cool anymore and make it cool again. But like, I'm sure all of those things had like significant importance to whomever those belong to. And there they were smashed and strewn across the highway because they're trying to move and it's all gone to shit. So I'm like, okay, so for today, my card of the day was the tower because I needed to observe. And now I'm always going to remember and think of that moment when I think of the tower card. So that's one way cards of the days can really enforce and help you build familiarity with the deck is because you're tying it to real world experiences, Rather than just abstract definitions, you're marrying it to things that you've experienced with your five sensory perception.
1: Yes, I. it is hard to be consistent with card of the day. And um, sometimes you will pull one and then forget the next day. I think it's fine. Pull a card of the day when you feel called to pull a card of the day and when a card of the day is pulled. Like literally lower the bar to the floor and pull a card of the day any day that a card is pulled for that day. Exactly. Okay. Like I absolve you from any consistency responsibility with this. However, I do implore you and invite you to become obsessed with tarot to the point where you want to pull a card every day. Um, if you have that kind of time or dedication, it is such an easy way to apply your own personal you know, mission to your life, you can really, it can give you a lot of clarity on what to focus on or what to be aware of, especially if you're trying to hone other spiritual or introspective skills, um, paying attention to things, creativity, there's all types of benefits from having things like card of the day. And I'm here to invite you to also just really commit to learning tarot. If you want to be better at tarot, commit to learning it. I mentioned earlier, that I took an actual class under a tarot reader for somebody like me in um, the way my imposter syndrome works, I'm going to need a formal education and a certificate that I learned this from somebody who knew it before. I'm not one of, I'm personally, I would have never felt valid <laughs> because of my Capricorn dominance um, that Without that, and because of my introduction to tarot that we talked about in episode one and my relationship to it, it being a valid, formalized thing was very important to my experience with tarot. Mm -hmm. And um, I said in episode one as well, one of the first things my tarot... teacher told me, um, her name is seven star and she's amazing. Um, she said, you can't be wrong because you're, it's yourself. Like with, I don't remember how she said it. She had a very unique way with words and I wasn't into astrology at the time as heavily. It's actually tarot that got me into astrology. Um, but she was just so, um, Amazing with it that it's it's learning the language of yourself. And I don't think she said it that way, but that's what I took. Reading tarot, you as the reader are the vessel, you're the oracle. Okay. So what this means to you is what it means because you said it and that's what it is. Like that's literally that's the secret. That's what reading tarot is. And the better you are at just looking at the images and knowing your relationship with the archetype and how that plays in, the more things you can attach it to, the better. Of a reader you will be and the more they will smack. You just have to have that confidence. And we are recording this around the Aries uh, new moon 2022. So that energy to just like go forth, be audacious, say what you think and feel when you look at the cards, you know, this Aries new moon is really, <laughs> really pushing that forward and saying that, that that's really how tarot should be approached. You should Trust your instinct, yes, but also understand the archetypes, and that's why the more experienced you are about worlds, about other cultures, about mythology, Neo brought up um, when we were, you know, creating the outline for this episode, and I'm sure she'll get into um, as well, but... Um, the more things you have to attach it to the more reference you have. So nail always has the visual of the, 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 contents being spilled out and you know, I uh, of the tower dresser. And for me, I kept thinking while she was telling her story, like, Oh my God, those are things that did not need to go to the next house. You know, spirit <laughs> decided spirit like, no bitch, you need to leave this notebook the fuck in the past. I've had things like that happen. It can be very true traumatic, but liberating at the same time. So th- these real world applications are very important. One of the first concepts I learned in a very quiet and loving and gentle tarot community was tarot for real life and applying tarot to your everyday life. Um, not only in your card of the day, but seeing a page of cups moment with your child or, Having a Two of Cups moment with your partner, or really, really understanding. Um, why it is beneficial to be shady and go swipe some swords. Now we don't want to admit that, but we all have those situations where we want to strategize and detach from emotion like the seven of swords. Seeing how that works for you and how you interact with that energy is going to make you a better reader because if you tap into that, you'll be able to speak on those truths that exist within yourself. Seeing the archetypes living in front of you and then pulling that back into your, psyche spitting it out when you're doing the reading that is reading tarot it's reading the archetypes and how they interact with you. And um, not as an ideal, which is something I wrote down, that I didn't want to forget. We're not talking Aristotelian ideal forms of things. Because I've said this once, and I'll say it 5000 times supposed to be is not a real place. Ideals are delusions. So we're, we're talking archetypes, but not ideals. And that distinction is really important. Because if Every time you see the empress, you think perfect mother, and that's not your experience. You're going to shut down your own connection to the card because you're not allowing her to be overwhelmed like she is because you're a mother and you're overwhelmed. And that's the, that's what the card is. So, um, and. So the last thing I wanted to touch on with that um, in terms of learning the language of yourself is my experience with the Ten of Swords. So for me, the Ten of Swords, I call it the Santa Claus card. And I know probably no one in the world would associate the Ten of Swords with the Santa Claus. But for me, when I um found out there was no Santa Claus. That was a particularly traumatic event for this Pisces Mercury. Finding out that I was lied to about one of the most important things was a Ten of Swords moment. I was betrayed. I was, there's no going back. No matter what your relationship is with Santa Claus, no matter your age, I was only six years old, um, no matter your parents' willingness to keep up the facade, there is no way to continue to go back to believing in Santa Claus. So this is a finality of thought processes. The Santa Claus lie has reached a 10 It's over. You're done with it. And no matter if you wanted to, you could not go back to it. And um, people are going to have different interpretations for the cards. But for me, when that shows up, that's what it means. And I communicate to my client that they've arrived at a point where it's like, girl, you know some shit now. And you can't pretend like you didn't see that. So we're going to have to move on from this because this thought process is complete. And we're going to move forward. So that's how my personal experience with something reflected on the meaning of the card and all the multiple lenses come together to give an interpretation. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah.
0: My, uh, my approach to the Ten of Swords is a little bit different. It's not too far off, but it's different. It still hinges on the central kind of concept of ignorance kind of being encapsulated in the card. But the way that I kind of approach the 10 of swords is that since tens are cards of completion, and it's also a card for me of surrender because it is kind of a death oriented card because that guy is looks fucking dead for all intents and purposes, right? Like they are face down, they're in the mud. They are completely just, he's not moving Unwell. for a while anyways. Like things are not Unwell. good. <laughs> so because of that, I see it as, of surrendering to the concept of ignorance because as we go through life and we're trying to become greater intellectual beings because swords are that air element. So it's all in our minds. It's intellect, it's thought, it's cognitive processes. Like you like to say about it all the time. Um, You can't know everything. Like even as you go through life and you learn all this stuff, you could even have a PhD in the thing that you have fully committed to being like a, a master of knowledge in, um, you still won't know it all. You still won't know it all. So you have to kind of surrender to the fact that you're incapable of knowing everything, even though you know a fucking lot and you've come a long way. So you just have to kind of accept that that's always going to be a part of your existence if you want to advance into the court. And if that's and if that's if you're viewing the minor arcana as a procession, which is something that you can do. Now the thing about being ignorant is that it's something that you can continue to change, though. It's not something that's fixed. Because when it comes to tarot and your intuition, or even just the base knowledge that you're using and that you're marrying to your intuition as you read tarot, um, it's a skill. Those things are skills just like any other skill. And when you have a skill that you're just getting started with, you first again, dealing with ignorance, you have to get through the angst of not knowing enough about it and not being good at it when you start because ain't nobody going to be. Nobody's going to be good. Now, granted, I know intuitive readers like to be like, oh yeah, we can just grab decks of cards and immediately you could do a reading. You could just pick up a tarot deck and start doing readings because that's kind of how I started to learn tarot because I was gifted a deck at age 13 so very young. And I wanted to impress my friends. So of course I didn't want to look at the booklet in front of my friends. I did that in the privacy of like my own time with them. But when I was in front of my friends and they wanted readings, I I'm a performer. I'm a Leo moon, Leo rising. I'm a performer at heart. I absolutely was not about to look at the script, you know? So I would just look at the images and the cards and build a narrative off of what emotion what thought what feeling I got from the artwork which I was using the Halloween tarot which is a a Rider-Waite-Smith or a Pamela Coleman-Smith clone so it was really easy to do that and to kind of make those connections and make that kind of jump but in terms of like building up skills and getting better at things there was this study done a long long time ago probably a long time ago being the 90s (laughs) which I know that's It's old now, technically. Um, It was done at Florida State University by Dr. K. Anders Erickson. And it was on like mastery, like human mastery. How long does it take an average human to become a master at a skill? Now, granted, the skills that they were looking at really were like oriented on things that were very physical, had like a mind body connection. For example, like music. Um, and sports, so they were looking at people who had reached the pinnacle of those kinds of skills. Um, And so it's a very common trope when you look at like skill development to see like, oh, it's 10,000 hours is what makes you a master at a thing. Um, That sounds immediately fucking overwhelming. I don't know about you, even with how much time we've put into our tarot experience, I don't know. I don't know if I'm at 10,000 hours necessarily.
1: I don't have like the best like time space reasoning, <laughs> but I do spend many hours per week doing tarot reading. Yeah. I would say I, I spend it's a full time job. Right. So, however, I don't know how many full time hours you'd have to math about it. I don't know right, all these have to episodes. Math about it. We'd have to fucking math about it, and I'm not the one we established right. in the other episode. But it's a lot. <laughs> That it's a lot. lot. It's doing it all the time. And I learned something new all the time. Like one of my favorite things um, to do is get a new tarot deck and read it and then see the changes, like the minute changes um, that the artist took to do that particular um rendition or interpretation of the card to see what part of the archetype this artist is emphasizing. Mm-hmm. Because um, all of them, every single tarot card is multifaceted. There is the fear that we get when we pull the devil, but there's also this very Capricorn, earthy, and abundant, uh, hedonistic, yes, yes. But abundant energy of the devil. Um, So there are sides to the devil. Did we make him extra ugly? Did we make him thick as fuck? Like there's somewhere like he's got thick ass thighs. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. we're emphasizing the sexual element of the devil for you. Cause there's a lot of different um, things you can emphasize. So I, and and that makes me a better tarot reader, just kind of stretching the archetypes and seeing what direction the, the, Art evokes, even if it's just you know, um, minute changes like a temperance card where the both of the angels' feet are in the water and what that means, um, what that artist is communicating with that imagery, and really allowing that into your readings. That's something I do as a professional tarot reading reader that works with multiple decks. So on any given day, I could do up to a dozen um at least 9 card readings. So I need at least a dozen decks because when I work with it I don't I don't pull a reading from a deck like multiple readings from a deck so I will use 12 separate decks. So each deck will have its own particular nuance to it and I think that's a really beautiful thing that recognizing those small changes and incorporating it makes you a better tarot reader.
0: Right. And that's what a thing that I think we should always keep in mind as we're working on our tarot skills that yes, the concept of 10,000 hours is like pretty big. And like, but not all of us need to reach mastery. And you don't even need to reach mastery in order to read tarot good or well, or to be able to do it as your livelihood. You don't need to hit that before. Like there's no one who's going to gatekeep that from you though i would say like a good like beginner's goal to just get to a place where you could feel competent and confident would be get 20 hours under your belt because a lot of other studies have been done to show that like just to get to a base level of competence all you need is 20 hours so if you can reach for that first with cards of the day for reading for yourself for reading for your friends reading for other people that you know that's a good way of doing it and then just exposing yourself through viewing tarot that's i think viewing tarot in multiple decks like you were talking about is another brilliant way to experience the fluidity that archetypes can have and recognize that a lot of what we're dealing with when it comes to tarot and astrology is very subjective even though we have, especially in astrology, and to a certain extent, the, the um, what did you call it the other day that was really beautiful? We were talking about not the traditional tarot, original intent. I think that's what you, was the terminology mm-hmm. that you use. The original intent definitions of tarot, um, depending yes. on the system that you use, whether you're a Marseille reader, um, a Thoth tradition, or a Coleman Smith, or Waitsmith style tradition. Um, knowing that Even though we have these like fixed anchor points, there's still a lot of subjective wiggle room on top of these archetypes. So viewing different tarot art and different tarot decks is really good. And experiencing the different systems and different approaches from different points in time is another way to kind of build up your encyclopedia, your own personal encyclopedia of knowledge. Taking all of these things that you see and different people's subjective experiences and putting it to your own is that it's that sweet synergy spot. And then you, and then you slap the intuition on top of that because we haven't really discussed intuition too much so far in this episode, but we know that intuition does play a pretty significant role um, into getting, s- well, maybe getting just into it to begin with. Like usually people feel some type of intuitive pull towards tarot and that's what gets them in here.
1: Yes, I am, well, I think intuition is Jungian in general. So when you approach Jung, it comes with it. I mean, if we're dealing with archetypes um, themselves, even just the concept, it's not like hard science, like atoms and neutrons and protons and stuff that can be like accurately measured. Even in the definition itself, it's it's a bit woo for a scientific Definition of something that is an archaic symbol of something, and I think the interpretation of symbols um, are, is intuitive. Um, but that might be my Pisces Mercury taking that for granted—that um, just intuition is just a, a regular part of of thinking. That could very much be my own uh, Piscean. bias um but yes intuition is important more than your own intuition um because yeah that is that is a interesting point that we didn't emphasize it and i think for me the reason is is it's not so much your your intuition is right like intuition to me is just it's automatically correct because it's communication from your higher self that has more knowing um It's not that your intuition is wrong. It's that your relationship with trusting your intuition um, can be flawed. And um, if you're too caught up in ideals or too caught up in what other people think or too caught up in delivering a positive message, like stop that now. Because honestly, I, I said this before, like there's like five positive tarot cards that have like an innately positive message. Otherwise, it's a bunch of very difficult Um, heavily nuanced life experiences that are heavy messages and people don't come to you for tarot readings because they're having a great day so if you're intent on just delivering positive messages everything is fine you're gaslighting them you're gaslighting yourself no nothing was done I guess an attempt was made (laughs) <laughs> but I just don't, I don't find that beneficial. Like people are having a hard time. That's going to be reflected in the cards that they get. So if they get a tower, like tell them like, girl, it's not working out. You know what I mean? Don't be like, well, well, it could be, you know, and I think people, and I'm a victim to that. Cause when people are, you know, I fall victim to that because when people are having a bad day, you don't want to just say like, look, you're fucked. But sometimes <laughs> Being a better tarot reader, re- being a better tarot reader requires telling the truth to yourself and to others and not reading with an inherent, like understanding your relationship with your biases, I guess. Cause I can't say don't read objectively because it's, it's art, it's subjective. How are you going to paint, paint me this portrait objectively, you know, <laughs> take a fucking picture. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's no need to paint an objective picture. Um, just like there's no need to objectively read tarot unless you're dealing with flashcards, and we're not. If you want super objective, straightforward, then Lenormand is the way to go. That's another episode coming up, um, but that's the way to go. Uh, with tarot, you, yes, you do need to trust your intuition. You do need to connect with your um, the part of yourself that already knows the answer because the answer is your truth. Tarot is just reading your truth and speaking it. Um, Not everything in life is your truth. Not everything in life is about you, okay? But when you're reading tarot, that's what that is. And I challenge you. I challenge, you know, everybody who's listening to sit down, do a tarot reading for themselves, and just speak from the truest part of yourself and record it. And then listen back to it. And you'll see... That regardless of the positivity or negativity or whether or not you know the entire interpretation of the card or not, when you read it from your truth, it's going to be accurate every time. Um, another thing my tarot teacher said was, you know, you can put tarot cards in front of anybody and anybody can read it. Yes. You know, and that's true. I always liken tarot to an ink blot test. There isn't, like, a, a, a right or wrong answer. It is what your brain projects on there. And what that is, what what that is communicated, that's what we're looking for. That's the juice. Like, if we're squeezing lemons, like, the interpretation and what that means for you is the part that we keep, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what, this is your relationship with death, you know, because people can have different relationships with death. There's some people that, you know, it's a horrible situation. Their mom just died last week. And then there's some people that are like, oh my goodness, I've been trying so hard to become a death doula. And I really want to help people in this. I don't know. I have several clients that are trying to get, I mean, of course, this industry would have people that are into that. But yeah, that's, I mean, but that is a good point that you bring up that we didn't emphasize intuition. I probably just took it for granted. But yes, intuition and trusting your intuition. Your intuition is your own personal truth. Right. And I think that's important.
0: And the best way, I think, to really, I think tarot is a great uh, exercise. It's a great, like, kettlebell for your intuition because it gives you a framework in which we have established vocabulary for. So it's a great training ground for your intuition to develop. And honestly, the best way to work on your tarot skill. Is to just read tarot. Like notice too how at no point have we suggested you memorize jack shit. Like memorization is not the best learning strategy for most people. They when you think about it, it's oh I butchered this. Is it seventy eight? cards? Yes, it's Okay. I don't know why my brain tends to default to 76. So I have to like stop and be like, it's 78, bitch.
1: And it's 78.
0: So there's 78 cards. That's 78 definitions with multiple potential definitions. Even if you're working within a specific tradition, there's multiple definitions for each card that can be applied, right? Are you really gonna sit there and memorize each and every single one? No, that doesn't sound like fun. That doesn't sound like you're connecting to your intuition in any kind of way. So don't do it that way. Do it by reading tarot. Pull your cards of the day. Look up that card in the book and then go out there and experience your life and tie it back to the words that you looked up that day when it's fresh in your mind. That's because building those personal connections is what's going to help that information stay with you anyways, not we're not. You're not about to get a test. At no point in time is someone going to come up with the tarot standardized test and you have to fill out the bubbles on the Scantron with your number two pencil. That's not happening anymore. We're not up in that world. That's just not existence where you are at with this particular thing. Just go out and read tarot. Now, that all being said, I think it would be really important to bring up which deck should you get first because there's a lot of discussion around getting your first tarot deck we're not going to get into the paltry myth though we will say it is a myth that you have to have your first deck gifted to you that is not required it will not break the tarot gods will not smite you in any kind of way if you buy your own deck first though i will say i think it's a beautiful tradition to gift somebody their first tarot deck so if you know somebody around you is interested gift them a tarot deck because it's just a beautiful thing to just do in general but in your opinion Joali, if a brand new freshly minted tarot person is stepping up to a rack of tarot decks at their local bookstore and metaphysical shop which deck should they take home, in your opinion?
1: So I have a very specific and distinct opinion on this. I am not in the camp that go to what makes you feel good or what that calls to you. I don't. I don't suggest that if you're trying to learn to functionally functionally read tarot. If you want to just have a shadow working um deck that you look at cards and you know want to feel about some shit then pick the super spirit fairy sparkle gnome deck and you know use that for whatever you're going to use it for but if you're going to read tarot for other people and you want to access the archetypes on the top level so you don't have to fucking dig through whatever the fuck they meant by putting like a plum on the devil card you know what i mean they just do random (laughs) shit in some of these decks um then follow this rule get a Pamela Coleman Smith deck. Get it. Get the borderless one. It's easier to read things without borders. Trust me, it just makes sense. Um, Just try it. Borderless things will come to you better. Um, That's something I definitely recommend. If you're not going to get Pamela, the original Smith deck, then get the Morgan Greer deck. It's borderless. It's beautiful. It is my favorite deck to photograph. Um, Like I said, I do dozens of readings every day, full grids, um, upwards of a dozen tarot cards. And there is nothing as breathtaking and as bold and as just evocative and provocative as the Morgan Greer deck. It is a very, very close clone, um, just higher contrast than the regular uh, Pamela Coleman-Smith deck. And third, I recommend the neo-classic Super Lunaris Tarot deck. This one has a more spiritual slant and is more visually inclusive of marginalized communities in different ways of um, which tarot has always represented that. We know that as we uh, did the Pamela Coleman-Smith episode. Check out episode two. But um It really depicts everything in an inclusive way in a way that um you can see yourself represented in that deck while still sticking to the original intent um behind the deck and if you can get your hands on like the original deck or like the first edition um the one with the pregnant empress that one is my favorite get that one um those three decks pamela coleman smith Morgan Greer, Super Lunaris, if it's your first decks, those are the ones that if you work with these decks, you will learn to read tarot. Um, I really do believe that. And while Neo was talking um, Something came to mind because she brought up memorization and a lot of people, their first instinct is to memorize, uh, literally memorize flashcards. I've seen post-it notes on cards. I've seen cards written on. Um, I've even seen people in adjacent tarot groups sell decks with keywords written on the front of the cards for people to uh, learn tarot. Shout out to um, Paris De Bono. <laughs> Yes, shout out. It's definitely out there. That's not my application. I feel that that's more limiting than borders. I'm not interested in that. But one thing I do do is, is encourage you memorizing your own definition to the cards. Memorize the first word. And this is an exercise I give all my tarot clients, my tarot, which is very few of you guys that I'm actually just teaching tarot to. It's something I want to do, but it's not the bulk of my business right now. Someday I want to get into education because I am super passionate about it. But if you do come to Queen Machete for tarot lessons, one of the first exercises we're going to do is we're going to grab the entire deck and we're going to go through. This is our flashcard exercise. And we're going to say the first word that comes to our head when we see each card. So grab your nearest deck. Um, and it, it's really hard to show because we're on, we're not on a visual platform. But, you know, if you had the Empress, Empress, you would say, you know, motherhood, the high priestess, spirituality, the magician, power, or whatever first word comes to you when you see the card. Sometimes, you know, if there's a card that looks so much like your sister and it's your sister's name, say that name. If, if it's a card of the sign it's associated with say say that it doesn't matter what the word is but memorizing your first word with the card is a trigger because when you're doing readings for other people especially and you feel insecure you'll remember that First word, And that will trigger your connection to the archetype. And if you follow that first word down to the archetype of the card itself and all the other applications that you're learning because you're committing to tarot and you're living tarot in real life, um, you will get a banging ass fucking interpretation that applies that hits because it's your truth. And um, that's that's what I think you should memorize. You should memorize your connection to each card in a single word. So that way, anytime you see it, you can go to that word and kind of like breadcrumb it back to where, um, and and everything's about anchoring. Everything's about tying things back, which is, you know, someday I might explain my wild and crazy method of cardomancy. But the more things you can anchor to, the more things you can connect to. And say, so, you know what? I'm certain of this. And one thing you can always be certain of is what I'm certain this means this to me. I'm certain of my own views. Okay. Like that's <laughs> something you're in my views. I talked, I talked to Anisha. Shout out to Anisha. Talk to Anisha about that. Um, you're certain of your own views. So say your own views. Um I don't emphasize it in like the you know, intuitive readers, say whatever you feel. Um, but I do emphasize it in a way that is what connects to your core and overlaps with the original intent definition of the cards. So if you see the Empress and you feel like Six Flags theme park, you know, just because you intuitively felt that, that's psychic. That's, or downloads or starseed, it's something else. It's not, you know, the tarot and the original intent behind the tarot. But where the original intent of motherhood and your experience in motherhood, of motherhood overlap that's going to be, that's the sweet spot. That's the
0: sweet spot. And I like what you're saying here because it's just reemphasizing the building up of your own personal connection. And I love you talking about having like the singular power words, because Mm -hmm. I think having those singular power words are really, really important for building towards synthesis because as we know it's very very rare for us to do a tarot spread of just one card right Mm -hmm. one card pulls are still totally legitimate but it's definitely uh not the be-all end-all we tend to draw more than one card as we advance in our practice so that's where we transition from knowing and familiarizing ourselves with the individual cards to learning synthesis what happens when we have these two cards side by side with each other and how do they do effect and relate to each other within the context of the reading. So I think having those individual power words can be really, really helpful for that. So that way you can build almost like starting off like as a sentence that you have a sentence that you're building with two cards or maybe three or maybe four cards together and seeing the relationship between these things and having those singular definitions to come back to helps you puzzle piece it together. Now it will still be confusing sometimes. You'll still be like, what the fuck does Mm -hmm. strength and the tower mean together? Sometimes Mm -hmm. like it it can be perplexing maybe because Mm -hmm. you don't, it's hard to sometimes reconcile archetypes that seem to come into contrast with each other. Um, How, or you could say simply, Oh, well I can, I need to be strong during this shitty moment. That's a simple enough sentence and you can probably operate with that. Um, And as you go along, even though maybe it doesn't quite make a whole lot of sense at first, just keep going, keep reading. And maybe the, if you're reading for yourself, sit with it for a little while. Like it's okay if you don't have very distinct and clear answers at first, you can definitely come back to it later. You don't have to get back to it, you know, in the immediate. And if you're practicing, hopefully you can find many willing guinea pigs around you for exactly. you to practice. Oh
1: yeah. Them. People love bitches be flocking. For free wanna be, You wanna be popular and post a free reading. We should bring up we should bring free readings uh threads back to star. We should. We should. Um we do that. People love free readings, they fucking love it. And it's it my I girl, I did tarot for 10 years before I got paid for one single reading. So mm-hmm.
0: And, well, the advantage of having all of those willing guinea pigs is, say, like, make it conditional. I would recommend you making it conditional, being like, I will give the reading for you for free. I just need you to give me feedback. I need to hear from you what that means, what that strength and tower means together, or what that four of wands plus three of swords means together to you in your particular situation so I can get that feedback because that feedback is so critical for you to check and balance what those definitions are, because you might actually be exposed to a different
1: perspective of the client. Yes, it does. That happens to me all the time. Um, Like the queen of swords has become a lawyer because of my lawyer girl, shout out to all my lawyers that I work with and um, literal interpretations, depending on the client. You know, I do have, um, like I said, lawyers and, justice and judgment pop up for them in ways that are very specific uh, to the work that they do. That makes sense. So yeah, it it definitely does. I people's own interpretations and I, you know, shout out to Ash, she is amazing at really giving such detailed feedback about it that not only can you put that in your repertoire as a reader for yourself moving forward but i can deliver more comprehensive readings for her because i always say the more detailed you know people i know people have different like tests they don't want to tell their tarot reader anything they want to cold read because you know then whatever they know that that is a sign but you get past the point where you do I've done 50, 100 readings for these people, and we're past the, like, testing of the reader situation. So with people who are established clients, the more information that, they're, that you get from them and the more feedback, the more personalized the readings are going to be, and just – The more things you can attach tarot to, like I was telling Nao earlier, um, for me, I'm really going hard with the uh, minor arcana astrological associations of the cards. There are colors, there are symbols. Galaxy Tarot on Android is a great app that will give you a myriad of tarot associations. I do recommend that app to be a better tarot reader for the tarot associations alone. Um, Those associations are, and I can't believe I didn't, you know, have this in my original outline for this, but I do want to mention it Um, for the associations alone and the different things you can connect it to. um, It's really, really amazing. And those are all excellent resources uh, to learn tarot.
0: Right. And that's a good note too, is that if you're um, arriving at tarot through astrology, which some people do, because sometimes you find one and then you find the other, like they lead to one another very easily and readily. If you're coming at this from astrology Use You can start building immediate relationships and building on your astrology knowledge, tying that right into the tarot perfectly, seamlessly uh, for all of the cards. Every single card in tarot has an astrological association in some form or another. So being able to connect through that mechanism will be great. It's a great gateway drug. It's a great way to start and just... Why not? You already have that foundation and it's an exceptional foundation at that. So just build a good house on top of that, baby.
1: It is. And, you know, this is by no means an exhaustive list of things that you can do to make yourself a better tarot reader. But if you take some of these uh, tips that we dropped today, I, I... and pretty convinced that they will make you a more secure reader or at the very least, we're two people that make, I make my full living off reading tarot. And this is what I do to read the tarot, you know? So mm-hmm. you are hearing from people that do this. So if anything, if we're telling you to trust yourself and we're telling you to say what, you know, use this Aries new moon energy, um, to say with, say it with your chest, say what you believe for yourself, then that's really the key. And um, I really think a lot of people can benefit um, understanding the multi-layered approach to being better at tarot via STAR.
0: Right. And also, to with anything, if you have a growth mindset, if you believe you're capable of learning tarot and you have an inner monologue that says, I can learn this you will. So don't mm-hmm. like harm yourself immediately or don't put so many conditions on how fast you think you need to pick this up. Like do not tie it to a timeline. That's such no. an unnecessary thing to do. You end up shoulding all over yourself. Oh, I should be doing this. I should stop shooting on yourself mm-hmm. when it comes to your tarot practice, let it develop organically. Let tarot be there for you when you need it, because that's when it's going to hit you more profound. Again, it will build that deep connection, that personal connection that you need to really incorporate tarot into your life. And that's what will make you a better reader overall. So don't tie it to time in particular. Don't crush yourself right when you get out of the gate. Just tell yourself, I'm capable of learning tarot. I know I can learn this. I can get better at this. And I will. I just need to go read tarot and then go read tarot. That's all you need. And that's and it's OK to not get it right. Or to have, sometimes you'll have readings with somebody that it just, it misses, or it comes off foul, or weird, or odd when it, when you're getting started. It will. That will totally happen to you. And know that that's just part of the learning process. Mistakes are just learning opportunities, just as your successes are. Now, granted, getting that feedback, that's where that comes in again to being super critical, because... You'll get positive rewards. We'll get that good dopamine. Everybody's chasing that dopamine, right? When you get that good feedback from people who are like, oh yeah, no, I totally see it. That queen of swords is totally my mom, blah, 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 Or people being like, I don't freaking know who you're talking about. You're telling me this queen of swords is a person I have no idea who I view as like my intellectual superior. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Both of those situations are opportunities for you to be rewarded for your successes and being accurate or to realize, okay. Maybe I need to hit the books or maybe that person's just fucked and unconscious. That's another flex of your discernment that you'll have an opportunity to engage in. So don't let snafus hold you down. Don't confine yourself to a specific timeline and just go read tarot and you'll be great.
1: You will, because at the end of the day, it's just all about learning your own language and how to speak yourself fluently. And that's what tarot and astrology have in common. It's learning the language of yourself and how it applies to you specifically. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm really happy to be able. And there's so much. There's so many more tips and tricks. So there will probably be a part two to this for things that we haven't covered or even just a specific, um, you know, how do you cleanse a deck that's all nasty from a bitch? (laughs) What's We, You know, know, there is. This is is my ex-girlfriend's deck. Yes, exactly, Girl. Girl. or even just a really heavy reading where you have those really combative, you know, they're like, No, that can't be it. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I only know a Gemini. I don't know any cancers. I've never I've never met a cancer in my life. <laughs> I've had people do that to me in my face. I'm like, Whoa, okay. okay. But we will we will talk about that in the future where I'm just so happy we can do this. I'm blessed to be able to do it with Neo. Um, this episode is brought to you by our patrons.
0: Yes. We have two to shout out in particular who have recently signed up at the magical special shout out tier. So these two people, we dedicate this episode to you, Colleen Jablonski. Ooh, I'm sorry, baby. I butchered the last name there. Colleen Jablonski. There we go. We'll get it right. And Joy Cochran. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means a lot to us to be able to do this and to, Take the time out of our busy days, away from our businesses, to, to bring this to you guys because really and truly, this is becoming my joy um, to have these sessions with you, to know that what we say and how we approach both tarot and astrology, uh, it means a lot to other people to hear us being able to have these longer conversations about our approaches. And I want to keep bringing this content. So you patrons on Patreon make it possible. So if you are listening to this and you want to get in on the Patreon action where you can get access to exclusive content, very specific secret episodes and also behind the scenes processes on how we build um, these amazing episodes, you could have access to that if you sign up at Patreon slash Star the Society.
1: Yes, and I am always cooking up schemes to like, what can we can we give our patrons this? Can we do this? I'm always like asking new, can we give them this, <laughs> give them that. So I do have. I just want to spoil you guys. I want to give you guys a bunch of like tea spilling episodes. Let us know if that's something you'd be um, into. Uh, where we get a little bit, you know, because we're trying to be slightly advertiser friendly on these uh, Spotify episodes. But thank you so much, Joy. And Colleen, uh, you guys are longstanding starlings. You guys have supported us in more ways than one. And I am forever thankful for people like you who are just willing to put your hard-earned money in a time where things are difficult for so many of us. It means the world to me that you are allowing me to do what I love and share this passion with others. So thank you so much to our patrons. Where can they find you now?
0: They can find me at Instagram at the Real It's Neo. Also on TikTok under the same name and at patreon.com slash the Real It's
1: And you can find me at patreon.com slash Queen Machete as well as um at queen at queen dot machete on Instagram. Uh shoot me a message over there. Get booked for a reading. You can also find me in Star on Facebook. And if you have any questions about that, you can check out our link trees, and mine is on linktreecom machete. So thank you so much. Yes, I hope you guys enjoy the Aries Moon.
0: Though it'll be past by the time that you hear this.
1: Yes, but thanks for. But the, energy's the, the energy is, is here. Energy is here. It's here. I love you. This was beautiful. All
0: right, I love you too, babe. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Bye, bye.
1: Now we're no.